Mornings on Radio 191 FM. Tēnā ahi ahi. These are your Radio 1 Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi news headlines for Monday the 12th of April. Ko Eileen tēnei. Thousands of people around Aotearoa marched on Friday in the first school strike for climate since 2019, including an estimated 1,500 in Ōtipoti. Last year, no school strikes for climate were held in Aotearoa due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Friday marked the fourth climate strike in New Zealand. Friday's strike saw upward of 1,000 marching through Dunedin's main streets to the octagon. Many were high school students, but all ages were present, from primary school students through to pensioners. We spoke to Sue, a member of the Seniors Climate Action Network, about the organisation's presence at the strike. We just have to act now, and we have to show politicians that we are fully behind, if the politicians are wanting to do this, that there's a whole mass of people behind them because otherwise they are too scared to do something because they won't be re-elected or whatever. So, no, it's, it's high time we do something. School Strike for Climate is an international movement started by Swedish teenage activist Greta Thunberg in 2019. Around the world, students are demanding faster and more decisive action by governments on the climate crisis. Hayley Xavier, a high school student in Otipoti and a School Strike for Climate coordinator, said that some of the demands of the strikers had been met in the last two years, but there was more to be done. From the strikes, what some of the demands were was the zero carbon bill. So that's been a definite push that the government has um, taken because of our strikes. Um, as well as this, we've had local council, um, so going carbon, carbon neutral by 2030, that's definitely something that's happened. And um, Aaron Hawkins, the mayor, has definitely said that school strike has had an influence, as well as um, local and national parliament. Nationwide, school strike for climate's demands of the government include phasing out the use of fossil fuels, decreasing agriculture emissions, investing in 100% renewable energy, and honouring New Zealand's responsibility to the Pacific Islands. The Ōtipoti climate strike saw widespread chants directed at Mayor Aaron Hawkins, calling for climate justice. In total, several thousands marched on Friday, with Tamaki Makoto registering 1,000 students, whilst in Poneke, around 4,000 attended an open mic discussion at the Beehive. Smaller centres participated too. In Oamaru, around 120 students marched through the main street, and a small but determined party of 12 students gathered in Topo. An open letter to the Prime Minister calling for the 1975 Misuse of Drugs Act to be repealed and replaced was published this morning, bearing signatures from a variety of health and social well-being organisations. The New Zealand Drug Foundation, the Helen Clark Foundation and the New Zealand Medical Association are prominent amongst the authors and signatories of the letter, which calls for a, quote, compassionate and evidence-based approach to drug use. It comes after last year's referendum on legalising cannabis failed to garner enough support to pass into law. Speaking to Stuff, Director of Criminal Justice Organisation Just Speak, Tania Sawaki-Mead, called the law outdated and reflective of the time at which it was written, when there was widespread fear and little knowledge of drug harm. Meanwhile, Executive Director of the New Zealand Drug Foundation, Sarah Helm, said that with the law in place, New Zealanders are, quote, kidding ourselves that we're doing something about drug issues. 
The letter was directed to Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, as well as Justice Minister Chris Farfoy and Health Minister Andrew Little, none of whom have made public comment or responded to the letter at this time. Attitudes towards women and gender minorities and a lack of trust between minority communities and the police are just some of the contributing factors to gender-based violence and sexual assault in Aotearoa, according to an investigation by Radio 1. Please note that this story contains content which some may find distressing. The murder of 33-year-old Sarah Everard in London last month has sparked a global conversation about gender-based violence and sexual assault. Sarah was killed whilst walking home through Clapham Common at 9pm on Wednesday the 3rd of March, and Metropolitan Police Officer Wayne Cousins has been charged with her kidnapping and murder. In the months since her murder, women have united in fear, mourning and anger, both in the UK and overseas. A vigil at the site of her murder was met with a heavy-handed police response, exacerbating questions about the attitude of the police towards women and gender-based violence. In Wellington, several hundred attended a protest on March 31st to protest gender-based violence, rallying behind a simple message, let us live. Whilst Sarah's murder represents a fear deeply held by most women and gender minorities, the statistical likelihood of being sexually assaulted by a stranger in New Zealand is very low, with the vast majority of offences committed by those known to the victim. Dr Melanie Beers, Associate Professor in the School of Social Sciences at the University of Otago, says despite the low statistical likelihood of such assaults occurring, the prevalence of street harassment and catcalling create an environment where women and gender minorities feel unsafe. Safety is a feeling, and what behaviours erode that feeling of safety, which I would say catcalling and street harassment would certainly erode that feeling of safety, mm. even if the people doing it have no intention of a physical harm. Yeah. Rebecca Shepherd, an executive member of Rape Prevention and Support Group Thursdays in Black Otago, says that widely held attitudes towards women and gender minorities contribute to a culture where sexual assault and gender-based violence are preventable. The biggest issue affecting women in, in Dunedin and also everywhere is the fact that like attitudes towards women and women's safety, attitudes towards sexual violence, you know, attitudes towards everything like that are just a bit bit off, not quite where they should be, you know. Last year, three students at the University of Otago were disciplined in regards to sexual assault. Thursdays in Black told critic Teodohi that this likely only represents a small percentage of sexual assaults within the student population. A report from the Ministry of Justice in 2020 estimates that only 6% of women sexually assaulted in New Zealand report it to authorities. Karen Thompson, Director of Student Services at Otago, which encompasses Campus Watch and Te Whare Tawhiro, says there are numerous reasons students may not seek support after a sexual assault, including fear of retaliation from the offender, fear of shame and judgement, and the impact of going through the court process upon their study and lives. She said that Campus Watch is the only on-campus organisation with around-the-clock security and pastoral care service in New Zealand. Campus Watch escorts upward of 30 students home some nights and patrols the university and surrounding areas regularly. You can read the full story in this week's issue of Critic Te Arohi, or listen to the full feature on the Cosmic Drive on Radio 1 this Friday. That was the news with Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi, Radio 1. Now... Time for the weather. The Radio 191 FM weather. Today we can expect a high of 18, with some cloud cover and showers in the afternoon and evening. Tomorrow should bring some rain in the afternoon and southwesterly winds.